And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Gary Wimmer, musician, actor, author, professional psychic for over 40 years, spiritualist, and clairvoyant, who had a near-death experience back in 1977 that revealed the unity that underlies all things and still profoundly affects him to this day. Gary, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and welcome. My pleasure. I'm honored. Well, thank you. Gary, if you don't mind, let's just start on the day that your NDE happened and go from there. Okay, well, I'll give you a couple of days before then because it kind of built up. All right. Uh, and I'll give you a little bit of history about how this, why this affected me and so forth. I'm the third of seven sons. I was raised Catholic. I knew the whole mass in Latin by the time I was 12 years old, you know, <laughs> Catholic school. Always questioned God. Went through puberty and really started questioning it with the Catholic <laughs> Church, especially. Went to college, started uh, at the um, insistence of some friends. They turned me on to Edgar Casey, Ruth Montgomery, some psychics. I started reading a lot about Casey. First time I could get a grasp of what God really might be or is or could be, you know. Uh, I started giving readings in the early 70s with regular playing cards. I did a little tro, a little palmistry, but mostly just regular playing cards. I learned a couple simple techniques, uh, and I started giving readings a lot. Uh, I had an insatiable curiosity about life, uh, the universe, who we are, why we are, what we can change, where our power is. Why does this happen? Where's the complaint department? Well, you know, uh, in 1977, I, I quit a band. I needed some time off the road. And I started all of a sudden going through this phenomenal change of consciousness. I started hearing within 24 hours, people around me, what they were thinking, my roommates. I started picking up the, who was going to call on the phone next instantaneously. I know it's like my roommate would walk in reading the paper and I could read the headlines through his eyes. And this started scaring me. And within 24 hours, it started really amping up. I had no idea why. I had no idea what I was going through. What, if there was a button to cut it off, it was just overwhelming. And by the second, third day, I couldn't even remember what normal life was like. Everybody on the street I would pass, I'd pick up their thoughts, their feelings. And it got so, in. Uh, it was very haunting, but very powerful at the same time. I've never been so terrified but never felt so empowered. The strangest tightrope of realities I could ever imagine. Um, but there was a lot of strange things going on that I could do that normal people just don't do. For example, uh, I could sit in a bar and imagine myself outside and see the people walking in and describe them to somebody before they came in the door. I was at a restaurant one time and I, because my friends were concerned about me. I wasn't acting normal. And I told a friend, I said, watch, I'll just have, he said, how are you doing now? What's going on? Because he was curious, you know, he'd see me go through this. This is about day three or four of this escalating psychic ability. And I said, rather than explain to you, I'll just show you. And there's two ladies over there in the far corner of the restaurant. And I asked him, do you know either of those? No. And I said, well, I'm going to have the brunette write me a letter. What? I said, I'm going to have the brunette write me a letter. Very harmless, little meaning. We were eating dinner, and my roommate forgot all about it, my friend. 
about 20 minutes later, the two ladies walked by and the brunette threw down a napkin on my table and she had written in big, bold letters, why are you doing this to me? I had so many incidents like that, that by about the, like I said, the second, third, fourth day, I had no idea what normal life was like. It was millisecond awareness. Everything was symbolic, whether it was something going on the radio or something I was seeing, or it was always talking about higher consciousness, whether it was mine or the whole universe. Uh, that seemed to go on more and more intensely. My roommates were concerned, my friends were concerned, and I was very, very concerned. The, the, the book I wrote, A Second Eternity, describes a whole lot of these incidences. Uh, bottom line, it built up to a point that I was absolutely terrified. And after eight days of this, I left my house. I was had to go somewhere. I just couldn't stand the claustrophobia. I didn't have a car that was working then. Um, so I was going to go walk somewhere, thinking about maybe walking over to my girlfriend's house. It was eight miles away. And I hadn't slept in five or six days or hardly at all and I was dealing with this intensity so I'm running racing down Guadalupe Street here in Austin and I had had it I was terrified I couldn't take it any longer I was crying I was screaming I was praying there's people all around the street looking at me observing me I did not care I just begged the universe begged God tell me I can't take this anymore and all of a sudden, I felt this incredible warmth. And I opened my eyes and I looked up and there's this huge light right ahead of me, right over me, a certain number of feet. I remember if I had a ladder, I could stand up and touch the darn thing. It was a fixed amount. It was as physical as anything I've ever seen. I looked around, all these people who'd been watching me, uh, they didn't see this or they didn't acknowledge it. And I didn't care. For a week as I was going through this, I felt these guardian angels watching me. I didn't see them, but I felt them, and they gave me a certain sense of security. Uh, and I I either called them the monitors or they said, hey, try call us the monitors. I forget. But somehow they got termed the monitors. Now, as I'm standing in Guadalupe Street looking up at this powerful light, it turned into a like a crystal table. And these seven monitors were right looking down at me and this light was coming down from their hands and of course none of these people around me saw it but i looked up and all of a sudden my fear was completely gone this intense fear just disappeared and i they said do you trust us in one big solid voice and i said well of course i mean you understand what i'm going through i don't but i don't what's happening started talking he said do you trust us and I started questioning some things again. I said, do you trust us? And meanwhile, I've noticed some people around me looking at me because I'm having a conversation with an empty sky as far as they can see. <laughs> but I didn't care. I went from the most terrified, lost, confused any individual can be to feeling some sense of warmth, protection, comfort, and fear just disappeared. Long story short, within a couple seconds, I was hit head on by a speeding car. I was outside my body, watching my body get tumbled by the car. I was going out like the surface of a balloon, expanding in all directions, not like an arrow, not like one, just expanding, expanding, expanding. My body, I saw it down on Guadalupe Street, but became pretty indifferent about it rather quickly. Uh, as I expanded, 
psychically, spiritually, my body's on Guadalupe Street. I saw the whole earth from 360 degrees, North Pole, South Pole, all the way around. Then I saw these planets going inside of me. I was getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. I went outside the whole solar system, then the whole universe. I crossed over the edge of this universe, and it felt like a thought rather than a big creation. Then I realized that the whole, what looked like a star-studded sky was all universes. There's an unlimited number, and I just came out of that one, and now I see all these other ones. I had no idea of myself anymore. I had no idea of Guadalupe Street. I had no idea of being hit in the car. It was pure sensation and beautiful, absolutely beautiful. There's, I've never experienced anything so beautiful in my life. But all these universes kind of spun into what they describe as a tonal light. That's a pretty good example. And I felt like I was going through it, silver clouds going around, feeling pure, beautiful sensation. No fear at all. Absolutely no fear. That I left as soon as I saw the monitors. In fact, when I was talking to him, I said, you're the monitors. And they said, yes, yes, uh, we are. And of course, I'm asking what's going on. They just said, do you trust us? It's like, we'll show you, but we can't explain it. <laughs> you know. So I uh, expanded and went through this tunnel of light and ended up in a, what looks like sky blue, an infinite three, four, five dimensional, went everywhere, sky blue. And it was the infinite mind of, of God, of the universe. I feel like I was not observing it. I was part of it. And it was infinite creativity. It had no limit. It had no beginning. It had no end. It had no bias. It's absolute infin infinite creativity. And this universe and every universe and every possibility, uh, A, was manifest. Why not? Everything happens. And B, every manifestation was nothing more than a thought created by this infinite mind. I mean, I can't describe the complexity and beauty. And the thing that most NDE people say and you know this because you've talked to them, the common theme is always infinite love. And that's really true. I felt this love that is just beyond description. And infinite love allowed for or is or made infinite creativity. And everything comes out of infinite creativity, infinite love. There's no bias in the mind of God. There's bias in humans. Uh, and this infinite creativity is beyond personality. It's Everything happens because, like I said, it only happens in the mind of infinite mind. And we are part of that. And there's no accidents. There's no coincidences. Everything happens by cause and effect, including this universe and us being here. And to be honest with you, me even going through this experience. Because I was drawn away from this infinite mind, completely unaware of who I was or where I was going now. But where I was was beautiful. And I was pulled back through this tunnel of light and back toward this universe and started collapsing into time and space and still no awareness of who I was. But I knew I was going somewhere. <laughs> I was leaving where I was. And then I saw all these flashcards, as I was explaining to you in our little talk earlier, all these flashcards I saw about terrorism and war and global warming and flooding and starvation and anger and, you know, fractures in our societies and our systems and it terrified me 
but I saw it and I saw the next through those flashcards. I saw the next hundred years on this planet. Many of those things have already come true. 9-11, COVID, a lot of wars, terrorism. Then as, as I got closer to my body, not knowing I'm still heading to my body, I saw another series of flashcards and it was about the future world ahead. Beautiful, empowered, enlightened, the age of Aquarius, the age of true love. Well, where we are and where we're going and need to be, there's a big gap. There's a big difference. And that's the transformation we're going through now that some people call Armageddon, some call the Great Awakening, the Age of Aquarius, you know, Second Coming, you name it. This is a very unique time in history. And I saw this 45 years ago. And when I, I was traveling in Europe, I'm a musician. And on 9-11, when that second plane came through, I was watching it on TV. I realized I'd seen that 24 years earlier. I had seen COVID, didn't know what it was. It looked like a, the, a globe, the earth, getting covered in ink, and ink started <laughs> seeping around like oil. And I saw that 45 years ago. But about two years ago, I realized, oh, that was COVID. So I've seen a lot of these symbols. They came as symbols. They came as signs. I can't predict them all. Uh, I certainly can't prevent them. But I feel very, very, very lucky for A, having had my experience, and B, being shown this in advance. As I said earlier, I'm still in the blender like everybody. I'm going through the social, political, economic, climate change challenges just like every human being on this planet. Uh, but when, as I was coming back, I saw that, yes, there's a big transformation, and yes, there's a better world coming. And then I saw my body laying on Guadalupe Street, people screaming and hollering, this red-haired guy hanging over me, shocked, terrified. And I, it's the first time I realized who I was. And I jumped back into my body. This is, again, back 45 years ago. Well, I'd just been to heaven. The most beautiful experience I've ever, anybody could ever go through. This little accident didn't bother me at all. I felt no pain. I felt... <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't hurt at all. There was no blood. There was no broken bones. The car's half totaled. But I'd just been to heaven, and I jumped to my feet and started talking to people. It scared the shit out of everybody. Excuse my French. Because mm. all they saw was me talking to some, me crying, screaming, praying, talking to something that ain't there. Short, long story short, hit by a speeding car. And then all of a sudden, my body's out in the street. People scream, holler, run up. And then I jumped to my feet and tried to explain people what just happened. <laughs> that didn't work. They were calling ambulance and police, and everybody was coming. Oh, so how the hell did you not get hurt? Well, as soon as I tried to explain that, that didn't make sense either. I realized I had been gone through leaving my body, going to infinite mind, which I never even knew was possible, never even thought about. It. This is 1977. Even though I was psychic, I had not read books about near-death experiences, and I did not know the term. Uh, so I just had the most profound one anybody could have. Uh, came back into my body a second later on Earth time, just a couple of seconds. That's why I named the book A Second in Eternity, because I was just gone for a second of Earth time, but it felt like infinity. Uh, and I, when I saw my body and jumped in and jumped to my feet and shocked everybody, cops, ambulance, and everything, I knew I was going to be in the custody of some uh, grounding agents. And I was. But 
Nobody wanted to could believe my story. They took me to the hospital, couldn't keep me. I wasn't even hurt. Uh, like I said, the car was almost totaled. Um, they sent a man in to talk to me. I'd seen a premonition about him. He was a psychiatrist. I talked to him about his degree and everything. He was mind blown. How do you know this? I know everything right now, Doc. Well, you know, long story short, they didn't, they couldn't let me go home. I wasn't hurt, but they couldn't let me go home because what I was talking about, what I was experiencing and so forth. Um, and they explained that to me and I said, I don't care. I've just been to heaven, man. You do anything with me you want. I do not care. I can't do anything about it anyway. So they put me in, they put me in jail to like get an order of protective custody and go through some mental hospitals and so forth, which didn't bother me at all because I wouldn't have believed me. And had I saw and seen me jump up after being hit by a car and said, well, I didn't get hurt. And you guess where I went? Of course I wouldn't believe me. Uh, but I went through it and that changed my life. That absolutely changed my life. I saw infinite mind. I saw the power that we could bring to ourselves. I saw the challenges that we're going through in this country, in this world, on this planet, different than they were a thousand, hundred, fifty years ago. Uh, this is a real time of change. Uh, so I felt inspired because I got to see the other side of this. And for the last 40 years, since that time, I'm a professional psychic. I give readings by this method, Lithomancy, which people can look up. Lithomancy.com, they'll find me. L-I-T-H-O-M-A-N-C-Y, that's my method. You can Google Gary Wimmer, G-A-R-Y-W-I-M-M-E-R.com, and you'll find me. But I learned this method of reading stones in 1980. A lady taught me this. Well, actually, she did a reading for me, and I'd never seen this. And uh, she taught me her method, and I started practicing the next day and ended up writing a book about it because there's not much written about it. And it has to do with interpreting symbolism. And that's one thing I always suggest people be aware of. Realize that you can actually learn to interpret symbolism much better than you even imagined. I never thought about it when I was younger. But when I started giving readings, of course, you're interpreting cards or tarot or whatever. But after this experience, especially prior to it, when I was getting all these psychic premonitions about things, I got the most beautiful lesson one could get in how to uh, interpret symbolism. You know, I would be in the middle of this intensity in 77. I would have a question and think about something. What do I need to do? And I'd look in the street. And there's a guy on a bicycle balancing with no hands right there in front of me. Balance. The answer to that question right there. Instantaneously, everything. I realized that the universe is always talking to us. The question is, are we ever listening or always listening? So that gives you kind of a little bit of information about my near-death experience and how I got into lithomancy, reading stones, through a lady named Alice Warhol I met in 1980. Gary, thank you so much for sharing your experience with us. Now, these psychic abilities that happened just before your NDE, do you know how they started? You said that you got off tour, but... You know, that was about it. I mean, is it possible there was some kind of catalyst that started all of this in the first place? I think there were several catalysts. Uh, on a pure practical level, I was trying to work my relationship out. I was always on the road. I wasn't sure I was going to break up with my girlfriend, let her go get married or try to make a marriage. And then I couldn't go on the road. Uh, so I had some problems. I had some financial problems. Uh, but they became irrelevant. 
because the first day I started going through this back in 1977, the first thing I noticed when I got off the road, brought my gear in, my roommates were all, hey, tell us some more on the road stories. And I did. And then I started hearing my neighbors who were right, you're sitting in the room thinking about using my vacuum. And I said, y'all, do you want to use my vacuum? I said, how'd you know? I said, I don't know. <laughs> and then I started getting the vacuum and I said, oh, you want some attachments too? They said, yeah. How'd you know? Mm -hmm. That's what I started realizing. And that night I didn't sleep. And the next day, well, I got up kind of early, hadn't slept. And as I walked into the living room, my roommate's walking through the newspaper. And uh, I saw through his eyes some article about Jimmy Carter. And from there on, this was a, the this is January 31st, February 1st of 77. It built up. It built up. It built up. There was no button to turn it off. I had no choice. I didn't know what to do. I didn't understand it. But in essence, and this is kind of a spoiler, but also an answer to your curious question, I had no doubt about what I went through. There's absolutely no doubt. I don't care if anybody believed me or not. But I did not know why. Why me? What did I possibly deserve to, to, to for this beautiful experience? That tugged on me. That tugged on me. Not that I had it or not that anybody might believe it or not believe it. I did not care. But why did I get this universe? Thank you. No problems. Eight months later, these monitors that I saw only one time, I felt them before I saw them, before I was hit by the car, the, just seconds before I was hit by the car, the only time I actually saw them. I didn't see them this time. It was about September of 77. But I felt them. I felt them around me. And I, I was curious about why I had this. And I felt them almost shoot like a little laser or something in my head. And I saw like screen credits rolling off, like Superman movie and peering in the distance. And I heard them saying it in that one voice at the same time. And basically they said, the reason you had this, you were always curious. You always wanted to know. You're a psychic, you're practicing, you're asking questions, you went through this and that. Uh, so you were ready, you were prepared, you could handle the truth. And we took you and we brought you back. And we, the car wreck was a perfect way for us to get you out of your body to do this. And because it's a big car wreck, you're going to have a lot of people around you immediately after you return. As I saw as grounding agents, they agreed. They said, yep, you picked that up. It was grounding agents. This whole conversation went on just for a millisecond. But because of the way it was transferred to me through auditory input, <laughs> laser, these screen credits, that was the second most beautiful day of my life. The first one was 1977, February 7th, when I actually had the near-death experience, and about eight months later when I learned why. And I even got the answer why, because I kept asking, and I even had the experience, I kept asking. So curiosity does wonders. Did you ever happen to see the angels? And if so, what did they look like? I saw what I thought were guardian angels. They didn't have wings. Like I said, they called themselves the monitors because I could feel them kind of watching me as I was going through this insanity, this week of, you know, heightened, heightened awareness. Uh, and I'll give you an example of that. I was out at Soap Creek Saloon, and uh, as I walked into the bar about 30 minutes earlier, I felt this eerie feeling at this particular spot. Hung around the bar for a minute, couldn't stand the 
too much noise in the band room. I sat out the bar. I imagined walking outside and taking a breath. And all of a sudden, I'm in that same spot, standing outside, watching people come in. And they walked right through me. And opened my eyes. I'm still at the bar stool. But the door opened and the people walked in dressed exactly as I'd seen. So I started practicing this right there, right then. That's one of the many skills. And then back to your question, how did it tie in? I was just wanting to know what they looked like. Okay, what they looked like. So I felt these monitors. I felt them. When I saw them, the only one time I actually saw them right before I was hit by the car, I looked up. And at first, it looked like a big light, a uh, spotlight. And like I said, nobody noticed it. But then as I looked up again after scanning the crowd, realizing these people don't see this, I looked up again. It looked like this light was coming down from the palms of these seven white-robed uh, beings. They had their hands on like a, a crystal table about that thick, not that thick, not that thick. I mean, there's a thickness, and there were seven of them. And they were in white robes, and their faces kind of off-white robes, maybe like gray. Um their faces were kind of black and white simultaneously, like a raster on a TV. You can't quite, you know, black and white spots. It was like, almost like, don't worry about our faces. <laughs> it's not relevant, you know? Uh, but that's kind of what they looked like, white robed. They were sitting around a table. And as soon as I saw them, within a second or so, I realized, they are, oh, you're the monitors. You're the P. Oh, yeah. They could have appeared as anything. Uh, I wrote in my book, if I'd have been, uh, you know, a Muslim, maybe they would have appeared as Muslim of, uh, you know, Islamic leaders. If I was uh, a Hindu, maybe they appeared as a snake. I don't know. <laughs> or something. Right. But uh, infinite mind with, with us being connected to infinite mind, we can bring in a lot of different um, symbolism, knowledge. It's not as clear as, say, you and I talking about two plus two equal four. It takes a little bit more to figure out. It's not quite as exact. Uh, but such is the complexity of the inner mind and the higher worlds. So they could appear to anybody as anything. To me, they appeared as white-robed um, protectors in some way. Very highly intelligent, very loving, very caring. But no wings. No wing. You know, you use the word monitors, and for some reason, I keep coming to this idea that perhaps these angels were actually aliens. Have you ever considered that possibility? Yes. Now, here's I asked my psychic friend, the lady who taught me lithomancy. I met her in 1980. I had this experience in 1977. She's uh, one of the greatest most profound, most accurate psychics I've ever known. And I've known a lot. And I met her in 1980 and I asked her about that experience. And she described them as Arnos, which I thought was interesting because I thought A-R-E-N-O-S. They could be like nos, uh, nosotros in Spanish. Mm -hmm. They are us. <laughs> you know, that's how I saw it. It kind of sounds like others. Either way. But she described them as having a lifespan of a couple hundred thousand years in the way I we see time. Now, I realize there's so many levels of existence, of consciousness between us, you, me, and the infinite mind. There's every kind of guardian angel, uh, empowerment, cycle, manifestation, universe. There's no limit. Uh, so they could look like anything. But I think higher mind tends to want to 
come to us in ways that, that gets our attention and grasps us and has some correlation with our experience in our life rather than completely freak us out because <laughs> that's not very effective. And higher mind knows what it's doing. We may not. <laughs> it does. What I like about your story is that in the beginning when this all started happening, you freely admit that you were terrified. And I think the average person would be freaked out about something like that. Yes, I was terrified, but I had to remind myself uh, now and even I remind clients all the time, people, friends, if you never went through fear, you could never even approach fearlessness. Fact. If you never went through doubt, you'd never look for certainty. And you probably wouldn't recognize if it fell on you like a damn tree. So everything we go through can teach us something. Yeah, I went through a lot of fear then, but it didn't kill me. Could have, you know. If a head-on collision in a car don't hurt me, doesn't even hurt me. Do I believe in miracles? Absolutely. That's the point. I firmly believe in miracles. Can I make them happen on demand? Of course not. You know, I would have already won the lottery and throw Putin out of Russia. <laughs> we have limited power in what we can bring about, what we can manifest, what we can make happen, what we can change. Uh but we have pretty much unlimited power in how we think about things and perception and attitudes and intentions. And uh, that's the most important thing because we can change that. We can't change our genes. We can't change the world. We can't change history, but we can change the way we look at it. And the reason I say that's so important because you could have everything in your life going for you and be angry, miserable, pissed off, whatever. Or you could be in Ukraine and out running a bomb and be eternally grateful to the universe and God for saving your life. We think it's our situation. It's the way we look at it. Uh, and that's true with everything. Uh, and I always encourage people, you have to upgrade yourself. You know, you have to change your oil in your car. Or it'll burn up the motor, right? Well, it doesn't drive itself to the shop. <laughs> we have to be proactive. We want to change our oil in our car or our way of thinking. We want to advance. You got to make a decision and you got to practice with anything in life. But if people make a decision to grow, to evolve, to see everything they've gone through in life and everything they will go through and are going through, if they choose to see that, it's how much it can uh, empower them, show them, help them grow, help them overcome fear. Then you're in a winning advantage. If you look at everything like it's screwing me over again and you know, life's kicking me in the butt. You'll see confirmation of that. Hmm. Perception, how you perceive things means how you make the next decision in your life or how you react or act to the next situation. It's all in perception and it's all in attitude and intentions. Intentions are number one. You can fool the whole world, but you cannot fool your higher mind and the universe with your intentions. They matter. So that's kind of my philosophy on where, where power is, is within ourselves. And I urge everybody to meditate. Learn to cut off your constantly talking, and I know this well, I'm a constant talker, a logical mind. Give yourself five, ten minutes a day at least, laying down, sitting down, breathing deep, and when your mind starts chattering, bring it right back to right here, right now, breathing deep. Throughout history, meditation has been used as a technique and even now, science realizes, you know, I go to the doctors, I'm 74, and they give you these pamphlets, and every one of them has some reference to relax, meditate, breathe deep. 
in medical stuff now, thank God. So we have no idea how much power we can bring to ourselves. We have no idea how connected we are to the universe. Uh, but two things, if you really want to learn something, you got to decide it and practice. And number two, this is what I realized in my near-death experiences, our guides, our higher mind, monitors in my case, um, they can't break in on your free will. They can, but they know the rule not to, really. And it turns out they didn't break in on my free will because they told me eight months later, hey, you were asking for this all along. We just told me, we just waited eight months to tell you why you had it because you just asked enough. Ask. You have to ask. You really want help? You have to ask your guide to help you because the rule is they don't have the right. They do have the power. They don't have the right to break in on your free will. And that is so well known on that side because you see earth, you see earth life in a completely different form than we do here. I saw my own body getting toppled around by a car. I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> well, is that me? Turned out it was. Uh, but yeah, you really want to grow. You have to practice. You have to decide. And if you really want to contact your guides, you have to ask because, you know, they don't think, Oh, I know what you need. I'll just ship it to you, FedEx, and hope you figure it out. Hope you connect the dots. Hope you know where it came from and why. No. You ask, you develop skill, then they can communicate with you. And there's no limit to how much you can get communication and empowerment. No limit. Can you tell us some of the other symbols that you've seen, even though you haven't figured out of the future? I saw the Mississippi River getting quite wide, almost like two different countries. I saw the East Coast, Florida, and a lot of the West Coast um, maybe leaving us, you know. I don't know that it's guaranteed. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's a possibility. Hell, geologists don't think it's a possibility. You know, climate scientists think it's a possibility because of global warming and, and sea level rise. So I saw these pictures of the U.S. getting shorter and just divided into two countries by the Mississippi. I don't know that it's absolutely guaranteed, but I don't think it's going to happen tomorrow. But I think it's something over the next decades, maybe 50 years, maybe 100, who knows, can happen. Is it guaranteed? I'm not sure. There's certain processes in motion that uh, inertia, I mean, if you take a pool ball and you throw it off a table, Unless you stop it, it's going to roll off a table. I mean, not a pool table, a regular table. Right. Inertia keeps things going unless something stops it, both in a physical and a spiritual sense. So the degree to which we can prevent chaos, I think we're looking at it now. People are talking about climate change. You know, can we get on board? Can we not? Talking about Russia. Can we do this? Can we stop them? You know, all these human decisions, processes are, are getting more complex including our own lives, uh, because we're having to learn more. And that's the main reason. So uh, I saw a lot of things that scared me. How many are coming into play? How many are certain? I'm not sure. And I, and I, I can't really write down a, you know, this is going to happen next week, because I saw all these flashcards so quick that I often forget about them until I see something on TV. And I go, wow, these, these shootings, these mass shootings, they weren't happening in 1977, but I saw some of these mass shootings and I couldn't even believe it. You know, 
people killing people with machine guns in high schools? Are you kidding? Yeah, but that was one of several series uh, of pictures. They they covered so many things so fast that, like I said, I can't really. First of all, I can't prevent them. Uh, how many are coming into play? How many are destined to happen? A lot of free will there. A lot of changes. You know, humankind could change its whole planet if we got on the same consciousness wave. I believe in miracles. If we got on the whole one mind, love everybody, care for everybody, there's enough for everybody, redistribution, no egos, fairness, we could do it. We could live it. We could reach the new age, the thousand years of peace, sooner rather than later. But we don't think that way. Maybe a handful of people do, but most, a lot of people don't think in terms of that. They think in terms of, you know, I got to get my money, my car, my job, my family. And of course, we're, that's our society. We have to take care of that stuff, obviously. But the higher mind, the future, what we can bring in, how we can learn to be empowered in spite of the chaos, uh, there's no limit to those things. There's really no limit. So I don't know exactly what's going to unfold. It's in a probability and likely category, not absolute certainty, and certainly not with an absolute date, at least that I can predict. But a lot of these things I see, once I see them on TV, I go, oh, God, that was that, like COVID. Once it, once COVID started coming out, I kept having these dreams about that golf ball, that earth that kind of looked like a golf ball getting covered in ink. And finally, I woke up and went, that's what that is. It's COVID. Duh. You got quite a few abilities before this happened. After your NDE, did you have any other new abilities turn on? Absolutely. In fact, if anything, that was the start of me being able to realize um, there are limitations with our power and how much we can grow. Hell, we're limited with our genes, our experience, our, our eyesight, our you know whole body, our situation. Uh, but I saw the how to get into the um, creative sphere, sphere, the mindset, uh, the area of implementation of psychic power i saw that you could work it and use it and in, in your practical life uh i've since that day like i said i was a musician and i had a crappy voice so that was a big challenge to even find bands to work with in in austin which was becoming the music capital i moved here in 1970 because i wanted to i served as a conscientious objector for vietnam at the austin state school but also knew that austin would be a musical capital and I was all excited until all these great musicians moved to town. And I didn't have a good voice. So I always I went through such depression in my 20s trying to figure out how to make a living. At 33 years old in 1980, I started teaching myself piano. I played a little bit before, but spent three or four years learning piano 12 hours a day and then talked my way into some piano bars. And I became a soloist with a crappy voice and a good attitude. And that worked. It's what you can do. It's always about what you can do, not what you can't change. Uh, and what you can do um, can change. I had no idea that I could actually make a living in music, but my seeing those possibilities in my near-death experience, I saw myself playing piano in different places. I saw myself traveling to Europe. In 1977, I could barely get a gig. <laughs> you know, But I worked on ways to make myself a solo entertainer, and it worked, and would I have done it had I not seen those pictures of possibilities? I'm not sure. Probably because I didn't have any, I didn't want to work 
I was an electrical engineer. I definitely didn't want to work eight to five in the defense industry. And that's all there was at the time, which is one reason I decided to go screw that. I'm a conscience objector. I'm opposed to Nixon. I'm opposed to the Vietnam War. I'm going to do sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Sorry. That's mm-hmm. the direction I'm heading. And I certainly went through that period, you know. Can you give us some tips on how to help people increase their own psychic abilities? Absolutely. First of all, you've got to give yourself the right to believe you can do it. Just like if you want to hit a home run or hit the baseball, uh, none of us can tell the pitcher where to throw the ball, you know. Uh, How do you do it? You get a big bat, a big attitude. You decide you're going to grow and evolve. You have to, because otherwise you you can don't take the next step of practicing it. Number two, I think the easiest way to kind of comprehend your own psychic ability to how to read the signs is at least if, if for nothing else, you got nothing to lose, except the possibility that the universe is always talking to you and that there's always symbolism. Now I went through it 24 hours a day for seven days back in 1977 you don't need to go that extreme (laughs) just practice a little bit a day number three meditate learn to turn your logical mind off five ten minutes a day breathing deep when your mind wanders bring it back to right here right now breathing Uh, those are a couple ideas simply ask your guides to help you that's very important because uh, and I realized that more and more after I came back from my near-death experience, there's infinite mind, infinite power, infinite guarding angels. But again, you have to ask because otherwise they're forcing their way on your free will. Maybe you want to believe the earth is square <laughs> or life is hopeless or whatever, you know. So the, the choice, attitude, techniques, uh, intentions, follow through. Uh, that sort of thing is is a very important. And if you make those choices within your own mind that you can hit the baseball or grow or evolve or learn to play the piano or or whatever, increase your psychic and spiritual ability, decision first, follow through with practice, then don't be surprised if you'll start learning stuff. There's a thousand books on how to read symbolism, but you can you can allow yourself to learn just by you and your own guides. Ask for help. Ask them to show you stuff. Once I realized how true and how real higher mind was, guardian angels, God, like I said, I was raised Catholic and it always seemed pretty nice, pretty helpful, but it was something that's kind of imaginary. I couldn't put my finger on it, you know. After that experience, it's not imaginary. In fact, it's so crystal clear. This is the cloudy world. (laughs) This is the confusing one. This is yin and yang. This is going being pulled that way and built that way simultaneously. This is the real world of challenge, of crisis. Uh, but how else would you learn? If we never went through some changes, just like evolution, if it never went through some quirks, uh, there wouldn't be a human species. You know, if if we didn't go through changes, a lot of times we wouldn't learn a damn thing. We'd be dumber than a rock. And there are no accidents. There are no coincidences. Everything is cause and effect, I believe. So if you use cause and effect on yourself, make a new cause, make a new effect. I'm going to learn to play the cello. I'm going to learn to connect with my psychic ability. Make that choice in practice. Don't be surprised if you gain skill. It's pretty much a direct correlation. Do you feel like when you are on the other side that it's more real than here? 
like hyper real and this is the dream absolutely absolutely a couple things as soon as i came jumped into my body and i felt like no pain it's obviously i just hit by that car but i felt no pain hell i've been to heaven uh that was the first indication of of, of, of true power and, and again your question it ties into this i was trying to ask that is the other side more real than this oh, okay, side? Right. It's it's there are two different universes, two different worlds. In this world of time and space, things are at a particular time in a particular place. You and I are different. Uh, nothing is uh, there's uniqueness in every moment in time, you know, and things happen sequentially. When you take space and time and all that out of it, much less the physical body and all its yearnings and needs and so forth it's it is a completely different world but it is clearer there in the sense that you don't have this um yin yang pulling at you so hard that we do in human life uh, this is the challenge here it's it's so yes it's more clear there we can see more but the difference when we come back into the body we forget 99 percent of that stuff and i know why now because when my subconscious the wall between my conscious mind and my subconscious dissipated in 1977. The week before that near-death experience, before the accident, when everything was escalating. Uh, I realized how much perception we, we can tune into, how much we can learn to read the signs. I didn't realize that till later, but I realized later, wow, I was seeing a week full of signs to tell me how to uh, connect. So, yeah, it is. On this planet, in time and space, we use different tools and techniques. We're self, we're other. We're going to end, we're going to die. In that other world, it's things aren't so clearly defined and separated. You know, it's a, it's a like one big puddle of syrup that's magic. There are different levels, yes, uh, but it's definitely clearer there because you don't have the polarity the tension i mean just human sexuality alone is enough yin and yang to drive us you know not crazy but certainly keep us interested in life you know one way or another yes it is clear out there but it's so radically different that clarity has a different meaning too when you were on the other side i think you said that you saw infinite universes and what's so fascinating now is that they just put that James Webb telescope in space. And I don't know if you've seen the picture floating around where they just took a, a view of like a grain of sand about, you know, putting your arm out like this. And there were thousands of universes in that small little spot. So it totally makes sense that when you were out there, you saw infinite universes. Yeah, there's no reason for them not to exist infinite mind uh allows for the manifestation of infinite possibilities physical non-physical whatever nothing to limit it you know uh and like a lot of indiators said it's based on infinite love so it's not you know a big you know big devil screwing everything up and scaring us it's a big infinite mind creating everything uh but yeah it's it's Clearer on that side, it's more comprehensible, but it's so different because back here, even as soon as I hopped into my body, I felt like, wow, I just came in, I collapsed in from infinite space, from infinite mind, infinite creativity. Now I'm stuck in my body. Wow, this is a, 
all of a sudden I'm stuck in cement again, you know, but I came back with the wisdom of how to use the cement, how to dig through it, how to see through it, how to use that experience to see symbolism, to grow, to evolve. And again, I'm one of the luckiest people on the planet for that reason, but it is a completely different world. It's hard to explain. Uh, the best people can do is try to draw images and say it in words. But the fact that infinite mind does exist and there's no limit to it means there's a whole lot of different ways we as limited human beings with certain genes and certain time and place, there's infinite ways we can connect with it. Uh, maybe not infinite, but pretty close. Certainly more than we ever realize or know. Uh, and unfortunately, we don't think about growing and learning that much, oftentimes, till something happens in our life that we go, whoa, 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 wake up call. But if we get proactive, and I suggest that to people all the time, meditate, ask your guides to help you. Think of what you can do, not what you can't change. Uh, think creatively because it makes the whole planet better. Your little contribution bring, makes it to the whole planet. That's really true, really true. I pray every night for meditate on Ukraine. Uh, does it matter? Yeah, collectively, you get enough souls thinking that way, then Putin will fall over dead. You know, maybe not tomorrow, but I do have faith. Is it guaranteed that enough people thinking that way can throw him off base? Not really, but it's certainly likely. That's the way I feel about things. The only guarantee we have in life is change, and we're going to go die. That's guaranteed. We're going to go through change and we're going to die. But just because it doesn't guarantee you a good job, a car, a relationship, a good ho hobby, peace, uh, just because I didn't written a deal doesn't mean you can't have that. We create it. We bring it to ourselves. We learn to become empowered. We learn to become optimistic. Hopefully, we learn to put our fears and doubts in check and realize that if we didn't go through fears and doubts, we wouldn't learn how to conquer them. Everything makes sense if we let it. Has the memory of this NDE faded over the years? Not what I experienced when I left the body. Not a lot of the things that I went through that brought me to that point. That's still pretty clear. I wrote a book about it, this book here, and um, I got a couple uh, things out of order a day or two or something. Uh, my girlfriend, who's at the time, I wrote her, I changed her name to Carol in the book. She read it and said, well, actually, this happened. I thought, okay, well, at the time this was happening, I was not taking notes <laughs> to write a future book. Mm. So I did it on memory. The exact time may be off, but the things I went through are absolutely, I'll never forget those. I'll never forget reading paper through someone's eyes. I'll never forget seeing people walk through the bar and me being able to describe them because I could stand out the bar mentally spiritually psychically a moment before they came in i'll never forget that i'll never forget expanding and seeing the infinite mind the infinite universe uh so yeah some details may get cloudy as far as exactly what happened when before the during the eight days of the build-up but what i experienced from from the car accident onward uh it, it's, it'll be crystal clear forever it felt like it went for infinity. Uh, it felt like I was gone for infinity. But it was, I was moving through time and or moving through higher consciousness rather quickly. 
you know, my whole experience, which, which felt like eternity, only took a second or two of Earth time. So I went through, I didn't stay there for weeks like some people do, you know. Mine was, I always felt like I went from the basement through the whole uh, higher, highest level, all the way to the sky and all the way back in a matter of seconds, as opposed to a gradual trip and stopping along the way or, you know, just going on for days or weeks or hours. Uh, uh, quick and fast and i kind of like that <laughs> you know, i got a very condensed quick version of it uh, but the depth of it what i remember what i experienced what i learned that could never fade away it just cannot fade away because it's the most profound thing i've ever experienced and i was outside my physical brain when i experienced it i experienced it psychically and spiritually when i came back into my body one of the first things that occurred to me was, wow, that infinite universe is only a millisecond of a dimension away from where I am right now. Right now, I'm stuck back on Earth with these people screaming at me, terrified of the car wreck. And me, I just, I feel great. Eerie, a little confused, a little lost, but I've never felt so empowered and inspired in my life since that experience. And I've learned to put it into play. That's the important thing. And that's what I hope to impart to your folks. You don't have to get a have an NDE to increase your spirituality and consciousness. If anything, us NDEs are saying is never fear death, period. Just don't fear it. God's not going to take you to your most vulnerable spot and screw with your head. You know, flip a coin, heaven or hell. Come on. This is our challenge. This is our challenge. Not out there. I think one of my favorite things you said today was that the universe is always talking to us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The question is whether we listen because we are still connected to infinite mind. Always look at it this way. We have our conscious mind. We have our subconscious, which we don't tap into much, but it throws us ideas and so forth and then there's a super conscious which is god and infinite infinite mind and so forth uh so yeah we we can um we can tap into that more than we realize we can grow we can learn to use it in a practical level but again it's a choice to do that if you don't choose to do that and exercise it and practice it you kind of stay where you're at all right gary you have two books a second in eternity and lithomancy do we get those on Amazon, your website, or both? Uh, you can get them on Amazon and Kindle. They're both avoid uh, available on Amazon and Kindle. Uh, I might be doing a audio book on a second in eternity, uh, but not yet. Uh, second in eternity is a story about my near-death experience. The weeks before, the week before, what I went through, the hospital, the psychiatrist, and what I learned eight months later when I got confirmation that my own curiosity brought this about the lithomancy book is sort of a textbook explaining how to read patterns of stones uh there's very little written about this i learned a lot through just practice but you know what people invent systems they discover systems and both and they intertwine the point is any system will work if you let it work for you when i was in europe I lived over there in the 90s, uh, working as a musician, but a lot of people knew I gave readings, my friends, people to clubs and so forth. And a lot of people in the audience, once they come to hear me several times, 
So a lot of times I'd have people ask me for a reading and I wouldn't have my set of stones with me. They'd be at my girlfriend's house or some other place. So I started just giving people readings with whatever you like, take them up to my apartment on a table, start putting stuff out, trinkets, an earring, a coin, an ashtray, a glass of water, arrange them in some order. I'm going to go get a glass of tea, come back in two minutes. I'll just look at this stuff on the table and I'll read from that. So, yeah, I learned to read from everything because I know it's possible and I practice it. Now, somebody else may not either believe that or know how to do it. It doesn't mean it can't be done. It just means you don't believe it and don't know how to do it, you know. So, um, again, I learned a lot of how to read symbolism in very free-form ways, and uh, I do that all the time. Ten years ago, I misplaced my keys, driving me crazy, looking all over, and then I decided, okay, higher mind, synapses, my soul, infinite mind, y'all get together and figure this out. I'm going to go about my day. I'm not going to waste another second looking for my keys. Just present them to me. Not sure it'll happen, but if I ask, it might. Uh, walked back from my office into the kitchen, poured myself some coffee, looked over, and there are my keys behind the microwave. I dropped them out of my hand. And as soon as I picked them up, and this is because I asked my guides to talk to me. As soon as I picked them up, my guides said, well, the keys can't walk, but your system works. And from that 10, 12 years ago, I never go look for stuff that I misplace. I think about it, and I stumble on it sooner rather than later. Why shouldn't life work that way? Why shouldn't we be able to create miracles? Why shouldn't we be able to work on a more efficient, effective, uh, psychic, spiritual level and get the practical results of it? Because to grow spiritually and psychically and mentally and emotionally, you're not doing it to get a better seat in heaven, hopefully. You're doing it to make the earth better, to make your life better, to make people better, to make the situation better. It's here and now that the results matter. And and so um, I encourage everybody to think outside the box. Don't limit yourself on your power, how much you can grow and evolve. Practice it. And then don't be surprised if you become a very good golfer or thinker or whatever. Practice, practice, practice. You've got the books out. Do you have anything else that you're working on that you want us to know about? Uh, I do a fair amount of interviews like folks like you. I speak at some conventions. Uh, I'm speaking next week in Round Rock, Texas. Um, a mutual friend of ours, Sterling Meyer, is going to go with me. Uh, so I do some events like that. I do give readings. Um, I do record the reading. So if someone's interested in reading, please contact me. Uh, I'm pretty, pretty uh, good deal. I charge $60 for 30 minutes, $75 for 45, $90 for an hour. I record the reading. I've got a lot of good reviews. You can read about me on Google or Yelp, Gary Wimmer. Uh, so that's what I do now. I no longer play and travel and play music. And thank God, because, um, <laughs> I got tired of hearing myself sing about mm. 10 years ago. And I asked my guides, I'm playing solo. I'm getting older. I'm lugging all this gear around. I'm through. I'm going to give up music and I'm going to go full time to doing readings. And, and uh, it's uh, worked out a lot good, a lot better than I thought. Um, and I, I miss playing music, but I don't miss lugging the gear and booking yeah. in the heat. <laughs> you know. You said your website is lithomancy.com. 
If people want to reach out to you, is that where they should find you? Yeah, they can find a lot of information on that. That's L-I-T-H-O-M-A-N-C-Y, just like the book, lithomancy.com. Uh, my main website is garywimmer.com, uh, but I've also been an actor and a writer and a musician, and so you'll see on my main website, you'll see actor, writer, musician, and psychic, and uh, you can click on the other fields or click on psychic, and you'll get back to the same place lithomancy.com it's got a lot of information there it's got my contact information it's got links that you can see interviews uh and so forth and uh, you can definitely book me through there i suggest people email me uh, my phone number is posted and i'll repeat it here but i get so many telemarketing calls you have to leave a message you can call me at 512-707-0836 but leave a definite clear message with your name and email. But the best thing to do is email me, gw at g-a-r-y-w-i-m-m-e-r.com, gw at garywimmer.com. And you can find all that information on lithomancy.com or garywimmer.com. After watching this podcast, people may want to ask you questions. Are you open to that? It depends. I mean, I have some people sometimes that want me to explain a whole lot of things and text it to them in some form. If they really want to have some questions, uh, write a simple question. I'll answer it. Uh, But if people want very elaborate questions, that's what I do readings about. And I record them. And so we can cover it that way. It depends on the question, the depth and so forth. Uh, But uh, the most effective way for me to help people is to do a reading for them. Because when I do a reading, I don't ask any questions about people. I don't want to know their whole story. All they have to do over the phone is say drop. And I drop these 16 stones, like here, charge them up in my hand, drop them into a circle of leather that I read like a clock over 12 weeks. I record the conversation. I email them a link. Uh, nobody can tell you everything. And you still, yeah, and you do have free will. No matter what I say, you can move to Idaho tomorrow. but. Uh, you probably wouldn't, and maybe I would see it. Oh, you're going to move tomorrow spontaneously. Uh, it's an art. It's not an exact science, but I have a lot of good reviews, and my intentions are to empower people, not to take people's money or scare them or confuse them. In fact, if anything, it's to tell them how not to be terrified and how to overcome confusion, how to become empowered, and on a very practical level, how to deal with their situation. So I don't ask people a bunch of past history and return back to him i like to start just cold and with me speaking and it's that's uh, i get a lot of good reviews because of that because i'm not depending on something i consciously know all right gary well before we finish up can you leave us with one last positive message yes we're going through tough times we're going through a lot of change no secret it's obvious but there is light at the end of the tunnel there really is and if we never went through these changes and challenges we have to fix our systems and we're getting a good education in what needs to be fixed so stay inspired use your power meditate grow evolve don't limit yourself on a personal level because every bit you grow personally brings it to the whole planet makes the whole world better your contribution to higher consciousness does matter period Gary, thanks for that message, and thank you again for hanging out with me today. I really appreciate you, and I wish you the best. Thank you. So honored, Jeffrey.
I really appreciate your time. Really appreciate your energy and uh, love your smile. Love your vibe. Love what you do. So uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.